Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. We exist to turn moments into movements. You're about to hear a life-changing message from our weekend experience. But before you do, we'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. All right, let's check out today's message. Now, today we are continuing in our sermon series, uh, Dangerous Prayers. And this sermon series has just been so funny for me because lately I've been kind of like writing out sermon series and I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a three-week sermon series or this is a four-week sermon series. This whole sermon, the teaching series was supposed to be about three weeks long. And I think we're in like week five and we've got week six still to come. So it's just cool how God just keeps adding more and more as I dig into this idea of dangerous prayers. And most of the prayers we've been talking about are prayers that are dangerous because they take us outside of just the the regular, like, bless me, you know, bless this food, take care of my family, God, use me today, like, whatever, like these simple prayers to prayers that actually we pray them, they have the power to change our life and they have the power to see God do miraculous things through us. Whether that be praying, God, search my heart. Whether that be praying, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Whether that be praying, God, here I am, use me. Today, I want to talk about a dangerous prayer. And this dangerous prayer is dangerous for a couple of reasons. One, it's a dangerous prayer because of the fact that if you pray it, it will bring transformation into your life. But it's also a dangerous prayer because if you pray it, It'll be one of the hardest prayers you ever pray. And it will probably start one of the hardest journeys you'll ever go on. Today, I want to talk about the dangerous prayer. Forgive them, Lord. I want to talk about forgiveness. And I want to tell you that I understand that forgiveness is not an easy thing to talk about. I know that some people's lives have been blessed and, and, and they've walked in privilege and, and there hasn't been a lot of maybe hurt or pain that's come in. And that is God's blessing and his grace and his mercy. And we don't look down on people who've had those experiences. But I also know that a lot of people watching this have experienced great pain at the hands of somebody else. I know there's people watching this who've had people talk bad about them people that they trusted and valued, that they thought were good friends, that they thought, that they thought were, were, were people of influence in their lives, that, that have taken that trust and burnt that trust by turning and gossiping and spreading rumors about them or, or, or saying horrible things about them. I know there's people watching today that had people of authority in their lives abuse that authority, whether that be a, a sexual abuse, whether that be a physical abuse, Can I be honest? Whether that be spiritual abuse. People have taken the authority that they've had and they've lorded it over you and created pain and hurt and scars that are real. I know there's people who have lost money by people and putting place and trust in people. I know there's people who who have had parents do horrible things or or abandoned them. and, And there's these deep, real, hard, issues. And, and on top of it, there's just the everyday stuff, the co-workers who backstab you. There's the, the, the friend who walks away. There's the, the family member who does something. And, and there's just everyday stuff of somebody cuts you off while you're driving to work, right? Like there's all of this stuff of like, man, it's all bombarding us. And what I'm talking today is how can we be people that the Bible talks about that would pray a dangerous prayer that says, God, 
I choose to forgive those people. Now, listen, before we get too far into this, before we dig into the scripture, and here's what I want you to do. I want right now, if you're watching, I want you to pull out your phone, but maybe you're on your phone. Or if you're on a computer watching, I want you to pull up a notepad. I want you to take some notes. because We're going to be throwing a lot of scripture at here in this conversation. We're going to be looking at a lot of points, and, and this is going to be stuff that is valuable. Now, the great thing is about being online is you can go back and re-watch it. You can watch it in double time, or you can watch me in like 0.5 time where I talk like this. But either way, I want you to catch what we're talking today about. Before we go into it, before we dig into the scriptures and talk about the heart of forgiveness, I want to pause because I think it's really important to share what forgiveness is not. Because sometimes we get it twisted. And sometimes we've been in church a lot of times and heard pastors say things or we've read a couple things on the internet or, or we've had some, some motivational speaker throw out these really great one-liners and we walked away with these misconceptions of what forgiveness is. And so I want to just pause before we get into the message and say forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not about the idea of going, okay, well, you did this to me, I forgive you, and I forget about it, and I just keep protecting the relationship. I keep putting myself in position to be hurt. Forgiveness is not pretending that the hurt never took place. Forgiveness is not just sweeping it under the rug, right? It's not just going, oh, well, we won't ever talk about it. We won't ever acknowledge it. We won't ever pretend it happened. I'll just carry on. I'll put on my big boy pants and and put one leg forward and just keep walking and, and keep putting myself in the position to allow the betrayal or the hurt to continue happening. Forgiveness is not forgetting about what took place. The other thing I want to say about forgiveness of what it's not is probably one of the hardest things that we will keep coming back to in this message. Forgiveness is not fair. Can we talk about that for a second? I don't like forgiveness. Now, I I know because I'm a pastor that you assume that I'm just like this loving teddy bear of a person and I'm just like Jesus that's all soft and gentle and full of compassion. But I'm going to tell you, I am human. Nobody is believing that. If you know me at all, this is not your first time watching. You know I'm not a teddy bear. I am human and I am a very strong-minded individual. And I'm going to tell you something. If you cut me, I will cut you back, okay? I know it's sin. I know it's wrong. But that is just how I'm wired. I like a good fight every now and then, all right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sometimes you're like, I just need to like, right? And here's the deal about forgiveness. It's not fair. Because we live in this world where just and, 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 and laws protect us that when somebody does something that is wrong, they should pay for that wrong, right? Like you, you agree with me, right? Like when, when someone does something, the idea of letting them off the hook, the idea of, of not holding a grudge, the idea of not getting vengeance, I don't know about you. Do you know how many times I've been in the shower that I have thought of horrific ways of how to hurt somebody who hurt me back? I know you don't want to hear your pastor say that. But the truth is, is forgiveness is not fair. Fair is when that person hurt my daughter and talked trash about my daughter. Fair is I will talk trash about them. I will ruin their, I will cut you, right? Like, like that's, that's fair, Fair is when somebody rips me off, we expose them for who they are. Fair is when we defend ourselves 
because someone's talking trash and we tell them, no, 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 that person is a liar and there is no good in them. And we dig up the trash on them and we post it on social media and we let everybody know you don't need to believe a word they're saying because they are not right. That's fair. But forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not natural. To forgive somebody who has broken trust in a relationship, to forgive a parent who abused their authority or who was never there for you or who you can never trust, that's not fair. I want to hold them accountable. But here's something I want to hit home. It's a good thing that forgiveness is not fair. In Psalms 103, 10, 12, it says this, he, he being God, does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Listen to this. This is so powerful. The opening, God does not treat us as our sins deserve. Can I say right now, thank goodness that forgiveness is not fair because I don't want what I deserve. I am a broken person. I have sin. I have issues. I've just been honest with you. You now know your pastor has issues, but you have issues. We all have issues. We all have sin. We all have brokenness. You know what sin is? Sin is an archery term. It's what this is about missing the mark, like an archery. Like, like you set the bow and arrow on the sight and you go towards the mark in the middle. And it doesn't matter if you're off by an inch or if you're off by a mile, which I usually am. It missed the whole target completely. But that's sin. It's missing the mark of what God has planned. You and I struggle with this all the time. And the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death. So you're right. Forgiveness is not fair. But I am so grateful for that reality because I don't want what I deserve. And can I tell you, you know this to be true in yourself. You don't want what you deserve. I I wrote this on my notes. I think it's so funny. I want God not to be fair. I want God to give me forgiveness, but not forgiveness to those who have hurt me. Isn't that funny how it works? I want God's forgiveness for me. Like, like God, I don't want you to treat me fairly. I don't want you to treat me with what I deserve. I don't want you to, to punish me the way I should be punished for every single failure or act that I've done. But God doesn't do that. But I want God to be gracious to me. But don't you dare be gracious to that person who cut me off today on the way to work. Don't you dare be gracious to that, that person in the grocery store who looked me up and down sideways because I had some Twinkies in my cart. You know what I'm saying, right? Don't offer grace to them. No, 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 don't forgive somebody who hurt me. They don't deserve it. I don't want God to be fair. I want to receive the full grace that God has in his forgiveness. And forgiveness is giving others what God gave us. When we choose to operate in forgiveness, What we're choosing to do as individuals is we're choosing to give others what God has given you and I. We don't deserve grace, but Christ loved us enough to die on a cross 
to give it to us. And when we choose to say, God, you gave grace that I don't deserve, I want that grace to be experienced by others, even those who hurt me. The gospel isn't just about receiving grace and forgiveness from God, but the gospel is a lot to do with how we give forgiveness to others. I wrote this down. I said, forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. Forgiveness flows through us. I want to read a scripture, and I don't like the scripture. I don't know if you have scriptures that you don't like in the Bible, but there's a part of this one that I don't like. This is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And this is a very famous prayer. This is, this is the Lord's prayer, okay? And this is famous, but, and, and there's parts of it that are powerful and great. And if, if I ever have time, one day maybe we'll do an entire sermon series on this whole topic of the Lord's prayer. But here's how it goes. It says, it says, and then, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's a dangerous prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgave our spouse that did something wrong. Forgive us our debts as we forgave the person who talked trash about us publicly. In the same way that I forgave that parent who hurt me, forgive me in that same measure. That's a scary prayer. But that prayer, what Jesus is teaching you and I is that forgiveness isn't just something we receive. It's something we actually transfer. It flows out of us. It flows through us that I am a broken individual who received forgiveness from Christ. But then, as God, as you have forgiven me, forgive me the way I've forgiven others. That is so hard. There's a scripture verse that gets spoken about at offering time. And it's a great offering scripture verse. Man, when you take it, it's so powerful. It says this, it says, give and you will receive. You will be given much, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it will spill into your lap. I love that. God, just, just spill it into my lap. The way you give to others is the way God gives to you. This is so great, man. When you preach that at offering, it's like, man, if you give that $100, God's going to take it, press it down, shake it together, pour it into your lap, and it is going to be blessings from heaven. Man, I fall. Come on, hallelujah. Right? Like, it is awesome. It gets excited. I feel like there should be a hanky shaking. There should be people dancing. Like, it's just, it is a great offering message. You've been to a charismatic church. You have heard this. You've seen people dance and shout. You're like, what is going on? We don't know. But it's happening. The problem is, as much as I believe in the teaching of sowing and reaping, we have to take this scripture verse in context, meaning that we have to understand that this scripture verse actually had a point and a purpose. And to understand the context in which it's written, what we have to do is go to the scripture verse above it and beyond and be after it. So let me read Luke 6, 37 and 38. Don't judge others, and you will not be judged. Don't accuse others of being guilty, and you will not be accused of being guilty. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, 
and you will receive. You will be given much, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it will spill it to your lap. The way you give to others is the way God gives you. The way you give does give what? The way you give judgment is how God will judge you. The way you give guilty condemnation is the way God will place guilty condemnation on you. The way you accuse others is the way God will accuse you. The way you forgive others is the way God will forgive you. It'll be pressed down, shaken together, spilling out in your lap. Friends, that is exciting until you realize, oh man, have I forgiven others the way I want to be forgiven? Have I forgiven others? Have I placed a judgment? Have I sat as judge and king over somebody's life and accuser and accused them for who they are? Have I allowed unforgiveness to be in my heart so much so that I've got bitterness and hurt and anger and regret and all these things stirring in my head and therefore I was being pressed down, shaken together. This is why we can't walk in freedom. Because we are holding on to the hurt. We're holding on to the grudge. We're holding on to the dream of revenge. And as we hold on to those things, we are being pressed down, shaken together, and it's being poured out into our laps. We need to choose to forgive. Because when we forgive, that grace will be pressed down, shaken together and poured out in our lives. When we offer when we offer mercy, that will be referred back to us. When we offer freedom, then we will walk in freedom. When we offer victory, it'll be offered back to us. Now, this is not easy. I want to listen to this. Is Luke 17, 1 and 3 and 5. The disciples are hanging out with Jesus and they're wrestling through this. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus said to, to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, okay? You're gonna get hurt. Things that are gonna cause you, so the enemy is gonna do some stuff in your life that's gonna cause you to stumble. He's gonna use people to hurt you. So Jesus carries on. So watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, Jesus says, you must forgive them. Now listen, can we be honest? Like, like, like if somebody failed you or sinned you or betrayed you twice in one day, you'd be like, huh, listen, man, once it's on me, twice it's on you, three times I ain't gonna be no fool, all right? Like you're not getting me three times here. Like they would be like, I'm not good. But he's saying, no, no, if this person sins against you seven times in one day and then repents, and comes to you, you have to forgive them. And you know what the apostles, you know what the disciples' response to the Lord was? Was this, oh God, increase our faith. Increase our faith. I'm gonna ask you to do something today that you can't do on your own. Quite honestly, the pain that you've experienced for some of us, that doesn't come naturally to choose to forgive. But I want you to be like the disciples and say, God, Increase my faith. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the strength. I don't know if I, I, I have the pr- God, this is going to hurt. And I'm telling you, yes, this is a dangerous prayer because it will set you free. It will do so much stuff, but it also will be one of the hardest things we will walk through. And I'm going to say, would you come to God and say, God, I can't do it naturally. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own ability. God, what I need is for you to increase my faith. And I know right now some of you are trying to get me on the ground. You're like, oh yeah, but he said if they came and asked for forgiveness, my person never asked for forgiveness. 
That's okay, because the same measure I offer is the same measure I'll receive it. I don't want to have to be held to account that I have to say forgiveness for every single thing I've done. So God, this is hard. This isn't easy. I can't do it on my own. Give me faith. Increase my faith to walk in this painful journey to offer grace and forgiveness where it's not deserved, where the just and fair thing would be that they'd be punished and hurt and condemned. But give me faith to offer forgiveness. Why is this such a big deal to God? Why does God want us to offer forgiveness? And why does he make it such a heavy issue in his word? And this is what I just wrote down. God doesn't ask us to forgive so the other person would be healed. God asks us to forgive to heal us and to set us free. Forgiveness is about releasing the hold that an individual has over your life. Remember, forgiveness isn't about going and being best friends with that person again. Forgiveness isn't about forgetting it ever happened. Forgiveness isn't about liking all their pictures on Instagram and pretending you're friends. Forgiveness is saying, no, I was hurt to the core of who I am. But I refuse to give you the authority any longer to have that control in my life. I refuse to have bitterness, distrust, victim mindsets pressed down, shaken together, and stirred up and poured out in my life. I refuse to walk in this state of anger and frustration that becomes a poison that gets into our souls and ruins us and decays us from the inside out. It puts us in a spot where we say, I won't trust someone ever again. I won't trust males. I won't trust fathers. I won't trust mothers. I won't, I won't have a friend anymore. I won't let anyone into the inner circle. I will, I will be me by myself and no one else. And you and I were never created to be in isolation. We were always created to be in community. But this sin takes us out of that and puts up walls and barriers and we hold God out and we hold God away and we hold friends away and family and we put all these barriers and hold everybody else. Forgiveness isn't about seeing the other person healed. It's about seeing you and I healed. It's about seeing you and I walk in victory. It's about seeing you and I become who God has called us to become. It's about seeing you and I living life to the full the way it says in John 10. It's about you and I seeing victory in our lives. It's about walking in freedom. It's about walking in blessing. It's about walking in community. It's about walking in relationships. It's about experiencing the fullness of who God is. Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about surrendering our lives to God. Forgiveness is not about setting somebody else free. It's about you being set free. It's about me being set free. And so this is a dangerous prayer. This is a hard prayer. This is a scary prayer. And it's one of the hardest things we will ever have to walk through in our lives. But I want to tell you, if you pray it, if you go on the journey of seeking forgiveness for those who have hurt you, you will actually experience so much of God's mercy and grace 
his strength and his miraculous powers. And you will begin to walk in freedom in a way you've never experienced. We sang the song, he's doing a new thing. God will start to birth new things inside of you as you choose this choice to say this prayer and walk towards it. Now, I wanted to write out just four very practical ways that you can walk in forgiveness towards somebody who has hurt you. The first one was this. Trust God to deal with the people who have hurt you. Romans 12, 17 says this. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. I don't like that verse. But leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. When we choose not to forgive, what we're really saying is, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you're going to do it. I don't trust that you're going to be just right. I don't trust that you're holy. I don't trust that your ways are better than my ways. So when when someone has hurt us, we actually need to turn to God and go, God, I don't want to forgive this person. I want them to pay, but I trust you, Lord, and I surrender to your ways. I surrender to you. The second thing was this. Clearly communicate your pain to the person who has hurt you. Now, this is a hard thing to do, but this is so powerful. If you have the opportunity, now maybe I've talked to a lot of people who, who have been hurt by someone who's passed away now or, 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 or someone who is in jail and they don't have access to, so, so not everyone gets this opportunity. But, but if you have this opportunity, being able to sit down with that person and, and not to be attacking, not to be aggressive, not to be ugly, but to sit down and explain, this is the pain or the hurt that you have caused me. It actually will release you from the heavy burdens that have been weighing you down. It will release you from all the games you're playing inside your head. It will release you from all the things that are sneaking into your mindset at night. And and it will help you to actually be able to have a release of this conversation. It may also, depending on the scenario, may help the person to realize the pain that they've caused, hopefully changing the trajectory of their life and making choices to not do that again. And it also opens the door for reconciliation. It opens the opportunity to say, this is the pain you've caused me. This is the hurt. It gives them the opportunity to confess, to repent, and to ask for forgiveness and creates room for God to do a miracle and bring reconciliation to the relationship. Number three is pray for them and pray for yourself. Matthew 5, 4 says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those spitefully who use you and who persecute you. We need to take time and pray. Proverbs 24, 17 says, do not rejoice when your enemy fails and do not let your heart be glad when you see him stumble. Can I tell you, this is one of the most powerful things I've ever done in my life when I've been hurt by people is to actually pray for them, to actually in my journal, to write their name down. And to every day say, God, I'm praying for this person. Help me to forgive them. Help me to release them. God, I don't have the strength. This is not a natural thing to do. But help me to release them from my hold, 
from my life. Help them to, to, to be set free. Help me, God, to walk in freedom. And then my last practical point is this. You're not going to like it. Stop talking negatively about those who hurt us. James 4.11 says, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. I know what you want to do. You want to build your army. We want to defend ourselves. We want to argue that it's not that what they're saying or what they did is not right. Now, this doesn't mean don't press charges. If there's charges worth being pressed, you press charges. You, you protect our society from horrible people, of course. But don't be running your mouth off on Facebook and Instagram. Don't be, don't be talking to every person who will listen. There's no value in that. The more we do that, the more we actually give fuel to the pain. The more we do that, we actually let the poison eat away at our soul and our spirit. The more we talk trash, the more a spirit of negativity and a spirit of distrust gets a foothold in our lives and it strengthens and it becomes stronger. The more we justify our pain and our hurt, the more the enemy of our soul gets victory over us. So let's choose today to say as the disciples said, God, give us faith give us faith God that we can trust you that the pain that they caused is an important pain an important issue to you give us faith God to know that you're in charge and that you're moving and that you're a good good father and you will deal with it and you will protect your people give us faith God we trust you and we place our trust in you God, give us strength to talk. If we have the opportunity, give us strength to open up conversation, to, to take this weight, this burden off of us, to take all the games and the mindsets and the words and remove it. God, give us faith to have the conversation. Give us the words we need to clearly communicate without all the crazy emotion, the yelling and screaming, but just to clearly communicate and release this conversation. Give us faith, God, to pray. Give us faith, God, to not talk bad and keep burning it up over and over and God don't be fair give us faith to not want you to be fair because I don't deserve the grace I have and if I want to have that grace I have to release that grace into others so give me strength to offer forgiveness Listen, today, I told you this is a dangerous prayer. It's a hard one to walk out. The enemy has had a foothold or a stronghold in so many of our lives in this area of unforgiveness. And I want to let you know, your unforgiveness is not bringing anything to that individual who hurt you. It's just destroying who you are. And the enemy of our souls is happy to see that destruction take place. And I'm praying, and we prayed as a band and as a team around here before we even did any part of this experience, that today the enemy would lose, that the enemy of your soul, the enemy of my soul would lose today, that you would choose to offer forgiveness, that you would choose to let God in and do a new thing in your life that will establish his ways over you. And you will see and experience the fullness of God take place. 
as you offer grace and mercy. Now, listen, don't do it alone. Maybe you've got a counselor. Maybe you've got some friends. Listen, if you need help, if you go to our webpage, wearemovement.ca slash resources, you can hit right there a spot that says, I need to talk with a pastor. You fill out the form and we will get in touch with you that week. It's that important to us. We want to see you walk in victory and we want to empower you to walk in freedom. Now, listen, I know how this works. You look at me and go, this guy's a pastor and he has to talk about certain things. And one of the things he has to talk about is forgiveness. It doesn't really matter. It's not really true. I want you to watch a video of a person who has had a horrific situation take place in their life and the journey God took them on to walk in forgiveness and the difference that forgiveness made in their lives and the lives of their family and the people around them. On July 1st, 1980, which is a long time ago, I know, um, my daughter was delivering her newspapers and uh, was abducted. She was grabbed off the street. Um, immediately, almost, well, within about three hours, there were search parties out um, through the police, and then they were asking for volunteers. Um, Tom and I uh, were searching different places that we could think of. Um, and that, for me, like I was on holidays, well, so was Tom. And so it ended up that we had uh, two weeks that we were searching every day. And um, at the end of the two weeks, I had to go back to work. And that was hard because I felt like I should be out there looking. And I couldn't because I had to work. Um, it was hard to go back to work and it was hard to sit there with all the people around me. And um, they didn't know what to say. So they said nothing, and it was kind of like, say something, you know, let me see what you're feeling. But I guess they did, They just didn't know what to say. Um, so as the months went on, it was, I can't say that we gave up hope, but it was, it was just kind of, it was like a, this is the way our life is going to be for a while. That's... That's, that's all I can explain it. Um, just, this is it. This is what we've got. And in the meantime, uh, we, had my, we had Natasha, my other daughter, and uh, we had to look after her. Um, and uh, we got threatening phone calls about her. So she was under police protection for six weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, it was not a nice time to go through at all. I mean, um, it was constantly on our minds. It was nothing, nothing that you could walk away from. And out of that, um, our marriage dissolved. Um, Tom couldn't take, Tom just couldn't handle it. And, and it was, we separated. Um, and then uh, seven years later, he called me and said, uh, they've, They've found a body, and they don't know if it's it's Kim or not. And so um, we're just waiting for the autopsy reports. And it was Kim. Shortly after that, a man was arrested, and uh, and he was the one who had killed her. I was 
angry and I wanted him I wanted him to go through every torture I could think of because I just felt like he needed to suffer he needed to suffer the way that my daughter had suffered so um, for years I had all these ideas in my head of what to do to him to make him suffer even more even though he was in prison a couple of years after um, I God laid it on my heart that I needed to forgive and that it was important that I forgive this man. Um, so I had read somewhere about putting up a post-it note and making the comment every day that I forgive. So that's how I proceeded. I put the post-it note up. I prayed before I did it. Like I prayed before I did it in the first time. And then I prayed every morning before I I went in and looked at it. You know, God's timing is perfect. We don't know what we don't know what the timing is going to be, but it is perfect in his eyes. And so it was over a year. It was just over a year that I had that post-it note up there. And I every morning I prayed and then I went in and said, Today I forgive. And the anger was there. The bitterness was there. Everything was there. And it was just it. I didn't think it was ever going to change. And then finally, one morning, I went in and I said, said the same thing again. Today, I forgive. There was no anger. There was no bitterness. There was just profound sadness because God gave me the image of his mother sitting in that courtroom all alone. And I just feel what she was feeling. That's my baby. He was a baby at one time. He was a child at one time. No one expects to turn out the way that he did. And that's what God laid on my heart, that this was a child. This was one of God's children. He loves him no differently than he loves anybody else. So how could I not forgive? You know, I mean, God forgave him. If he'd asked for forgiveness, we don't know that. but. God could forgive, so who am I not to? For anyone who's gone through any kind of hurt or pain or loss of any kind or any kind of tragedy, it's a journey. It's a long journey. It's not a nice journey. But at the end, if you have let God come in, if you have let him do the work that needs to be done, and you reach that plateau of forgiveness, I can't, I can't begin to explain to me, explain to you the relief because you're letting go of something that you've been hanging on to that's been eating at you and by forgiving and letting it go, you're allowing God to do his full work in you. Thank you for being a part of our experience today. If you've had your life impacted by this word, would you share it with someone that you feel like needs to hear it today? Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Your life is a movement.